When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? Hey, how about you, everybody? Welcome into this week's edition of the Auburn Live Recruiting Show. Today is October 28th. It is October 28th, 2022. I'm your host, Jeffrey Lee, Senior Recruiting Editor for Auburn Live on 3. If you're not a member of that site, you're absolutely missing out. My goodness, you're missing out. Oh, a lot, uh, lot going on these days at Auburn. As Keith would say, never a dull moment on the Plains. How the Plains burns. We, uh, we will get into most of it, as much as we can at least today. I am joined, as I always am, by Mr. Keith Nieper, Mr. Cole Pinkston, and Mr. Jay Head. Fellas, how you doing? Pretty good. Doing good, Jay Lee. Yeah, your opening of As the Barn Burns was... As uh, the Barn Burns, there you go. It was probably pretty accurate, but excited to be on with you guys today. It is... Uh, going, I see Jay has got his uh, Auburn Live shirt on. Yeah! All right. Nice. Courtesy of Miss Jessica Andrus, realtor at EXP Realty. Looking for a home in Auburn, Opelika, Lee County? Give Jessica Andrus a call. She's fantastic. Five-star realtor, man. Trust me. 334-704-4442, residential investment property. She does a lot of investment properties for out-of-town buyers. It's, uh, it's a pretty good little uh, deal going on, man. Whew. Got some uh, got some investors looking in Auburn. Perfect place to invest. Give Jessica a call. She's got you covered. 334-704-4442. Fellas, uh, this week we've got some recruiting. Home game against Arkansas, 11 a.m. Central Time, Saturday. And we have two official visitors confirmed. Um, we're talking football. We might touch on basketball. Got, of course, you got the five-star center, Bayfall, coming in as well on, a, on an official visit. But football first, uh, Tyler Scott, Colton Hood, both top defensive back, cornerback targets coming in for official visits. You've got some big-time unofficial visits in Quay Russell, James Smith expected back. To me, the biggest one is Jeremiah Cobb who's fresh off a Georgia offer, getting his ass back on campus Saturday. And then you got Darren Reed coming in. Um, Ezra Odenjor is coming. He's a newly offered edge guy from Alatoona, Georgia. And Terrence Love and J.C. Hart's coming in as well. But And maybe Darren Reed, Keith? Yeah, I mean, he said that – what we look, we think Auburn – or we know Auburn expects him there. He, he just said he might be there, but that, that means he's probably going to be there. Yeah, for a guy committed to another school, that, yeah, that's probably like, a good sign. Yeah, they don't like to say that they're coming sometimes. But I, uh, I no, that was – you know, I talked to him last night. That was an interesting interview. He, that was just after a game, but he wasn't like – he's like, there are real no real contenders. I'm locked in with LSU, so who knows, you know. You know, and I try to put myself in our, our uh, other fans. Let's say Auburn had a commitment from a guy from New Orleans – and he was going to his fourth LSU game this weekend. I'd probably be concerned if I was an Auburn fan. Yep. Yeah. And sure. So I mean, you know, and it may not be nothing. Well, we, uh, who knows? I, I, but uh, certainly looks intriguing for Auburn that Darren Reed's coming back for his fourth game. Quay Russell, James Smith, the five-star duo from Montgomery, coming back for their fourth game. Now, given there's not a lot of options out there to, this week um, as far as close games for them proximity wise but shit man getting them back on campus for a fourth time never a bad deal and uh one thing about darren reed oh sorry jeff if i could just roll on that you know lsu's got four uh they've got four defensive line commits i guess two of them are edges i mean i consider edges defensive linemen but anyway Mm -hmm. uh it reads the lowest ranked one i believe not in the on three rankings but an on three consensus so um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. At Auburn, he'd be the highest ranked guy. So, you know, it, it, we're still following it closely. I mean, I'm not I'm not suggesting that 
he's not interested. It's just he was a little wishy-washy last night. But this, it should be pointed out, this w- would be his fourth Auburn home game if he makes it Saturday. Auburn went and saw him last week during the bye week, if I'm not mistaken, with LSU on a bye week. This week, LSU came and saw him. I think they played last night. Correct. Um, but getting him back on campus, Jeremiah Cobb, the two five-stars, the uh, the new edge, and then, of course, the two official visitors, Tyler Scott, was an early eval for Auburn. I remember a lot of fans freaking out when Auburn offered this Arkansas State commitment. Oh, my God, what are we – Oh, we, surely we can beat Arkansas State. Well – Alabama, Tennessee, they've all gotten involved, kind of like the Arion Carter recruitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Tyler Scott definitely, at one point, had him, I think, at 75%. I thought we all thought he was going to be Auburn's next commitment, or most of us did. I uh, thought he would be Auburn's next commitment, but all these other schools have gotten involved. Colton Hood, the Auburn legacy, committed to Michigan State. And Auburn's, you know, doing doing what they can to poach that Michigan State class. They've already flipped Clay Whedon, working on Colton Hood, Stanton Ramil. So, uh, a lot going on there. Cole, you were in Georgia. I think you hit up both of those guys yesterday, did you not? Yeah, I did. Um, Wednesday. Wednesday. I saw – yeah, I saw Eagles landing, two guys there, DJ Chester, offensive lineman, uh, and Michigan State defensive back commit Colton Hood. And then I went and saw Tyler Scott after that. Um, Who do you think Auburn has a better chance with entering the weekend? Colton Hood. No, no, I, no not I even close. Pretty, I feel pretty confident in saying Hood is probably um, Auburn's best shot of those three. Um, I think Tyler Scott is, is very interested in Auburn. He's obviously scheduled his official visit to Auburn first for a reason. They were kind of on him before some of these other bigger schools. I got the offer out before them. Because um, when I went to talk to him the first time, I think it was Missouri and Auburn that were the only two SEC schools. Maybe Mississippi State was talking to him too. But State and Vanderbilt, I think, Cole. Vanderbilt too, yeah. So, so those, so you know, Auburn kind of got ahead on it on that one, um, and that's why he's going to take his first one there and he's already been once he came to the Penn State game for unofficial visit so this is his second one and uh I think Auburn's got a good chance to to sort of you know get his attention again and and uh but you have to remember this guy's getting so many offers so quick and he's like I think his head's probably spinning a little bit he doesn't seem like it he he seems pretty grounded to me but he does want to sign in December so even though things are happening fast, he's going to have to figure it out fast, too. So, there you I'm go. You're talking about Tyler Scott? Tyler Scott, yes. Okay, okay. Hey, man, as far as Colton Hood, I remember Roger being like, you know, 5'8", yeah. right? I mean, he was a stud, don't get me wrong, but he was vertically challenged. Yeah. What's, Col- what, what's Colton look like on the hoof? About the same. Uh, okay. He's not much taller than me, which is not saying a lot. Uh, but, you know, he's kind of um, – you almost use the term wiry. He looks a little bit like he's still kind of skinny in a way, but he's not. Uh, he's very muscular at the same time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So if you watch his film, he plays quarterback, he plays receiver, he plays DB. And actually, Michigan, um, who has had some really good recruiting success here lately, uh, was at his game to see DJ Chester in action because they, you know, they're big on DJ Chester and he's actually big on them. And uh, saw Colton Hood and goes, who's that guy? Or knew who he was and said, man, he looks different. He looks different than I remember him. So now Michigan's really in it, too, with Colton Hood. He told me that the other day. And they uh, they were just blown away by that game he had. And, and like, man, he he can do everything. He can do everything. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a lot like Roger McCreary, Cole, in that he plays a lot of different positions in high school. He's not dedicated to any one position. And I think the thought process of a lot of schools kind of kind of sniffed around here is that if you get him dedicated at one spot in a defensive back room and he can concentrate there, his athleticism is going to allow his ceiling to be higher than some of the other guys because he's asked to do so much in high school. Um, But I think he compares probably pretty well to his his uncle, Roderick. I mean, I I think he's got SEC starter potential and probably – in our current defense, slots in real well at the nickel, I would think. I think that's probably a position that he could play from day one and maybe move outside like a field corner or something of that nature. Hmm. Yeah, and I think I think he's uh, – you know, he might be a guy that needs to get in the weight room a little bit and, and start to bulk up some. 
but the athleticism, the tools, all of that stuff, you know, the football instincts. I mean, you don't put a guy at quarterback if he doesn't understand the game. He's He's got mm-hmm. all that. He's definitely got all that. And, and you mentioned D.J. Chester. Uh, I, I would, could probably make a case that he might be Auburn's top offensive lineman on the board, kind yeah. of a versatile guy. Uh, wh- wh- what are you feeling there? Is he – any chance he comes this weekend? I haven't heard uh, his name. No, he will be at Michigan this weekend. <laughs> Did you say that earlier? No, I didn't. Okay. But, but Michigan is on, on him very hard, and, and he is – I mean – Official wet. visit? It is an official visit. And okay. it's the second one up there. And, mm. uh, you know, just hearing him talk both times, I, when I saw him about a month ago, it seems like Michigan's really in this mm-hmm. to me. I, I mean, they, they have really, uh, you know, intrigued him. But so is Auburn. I, I really feel like Auburn's in that top three just from talking to him both times. He's he's always got a lot of good things to say about Auburn. He told me, like, look, one of the main reasons I want to get back is I got to go to Timmer's Corner. I have to go there. I got to get some lemonade, you know, because <laughs> they, they brought him lemonade or whatever on the OV. So um, he has taken an official visit to Auburn back in June, I think it was. So anything now is unofficial to Auburn. But he, he said, I am going to get back to a game this year. So I, I got to get back to Timmer's because – <laughs> Man, I, I had lim- that lemonade years ago, dude, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Like, whelmed, right? You ought to taste my daddy's lemonade now. <laughs> I hey, he can make some lemonade. I mean, we <laughs> talking the lemonade doesn't count, Jeffrey. Mm-mm. Great day. <laughs> what about with uh, with uh, DJ Chester? Is what? Who's the other team? Cole? Is it Florida State? Who's the? Uh, who are the other main you know, players? I, I think it was perceived to be LSU for a while. Uh, a lot of people oh, kind that's, of that's right. That's right. LSU, but, Michigan. But, I think he did just visit FSU. I do know that he did, and that's what I was going to say. I think Florida State is is really in it. But like I said, you know, before we started recording, I, I think that he is really hasn't really narrowed down things all that much yet. Uh, he just has a lot of schools he likes, and maybe he has, and he keeps it hidden pretty well. But um, just from talking to him, to me, the top schools I would say would be like LSU. Uh, Florida State, Michigan, probably Auburn. What about That's Ole Miss? He didn't mention Ole Miss. Okay, Although good. I do, I do know he's been to Ole Miss. And, again, like I said, he's got a lot of schools in the mix there, so maybe he just, you know, just just forgot that, to mention them. But sure. Keith, what, what's your take on switching gears here a little bit? Jeremiah Cobb, expected back this weekend. Uh, Georgia offered him, I think, on Monday – You've been saying for a while to keep an eye on this that you know Cobb was the most likely guy to be poached from this class, the uh, maybe even the only poached worthy, uh, besides Janoris Wilson. I keep forgetting Janoris, but Georgia comes in, does exactly what you thought they were going to do. Offers you talked a little bit about this on the modcast, I think maybe it was the inside the twenty earlier this week. But your thoughts on Jeremiah Cobb, his commitment to Auburn, and where Georgia maybe views him on their board. Well, I think Georgia's top running back – well, first of all, they already have one running back committed. Uh, but I think their top remaining targets, Justice Haynes, the Georgia legacy from uh, from the Atlanta area. But he's committed to Bama right now. And I know that people at Bama – I'm not getting this from talking to people at Bama. I'm talking to people that cover Bama. But they seem to feel pretty good about keeping him in the fold. They think, they think they're going to keep uh, Haynes. So if that's the if, – but if Georgia thinks that they can flip him, then he's, he would be their top target. But if they feel like, okay, it's not going to work out with this guy, then there, there's Cobb. That, then you have to start watching Cobb because what we know, a few things. He's super close, Cobb is, to uh, Cadillac Williams. Well, we don't know what Cadillac Williams' future is going to be. We don't know what Brian Harson's future is going to be. Um, now, theoretically, we don't know what Del McGee's future is going to be. Maybe he gets a promotion and lands somewhere else. But as of right now, uh, he's the main guy, the main recruiter, and the running backs coach at Georgia. Um, and they've had a lot of success putting running backs in the league over the last decade. Uh, as much success, if not more, I guess them and Bama probably the, the best, but uh, over the last decade. Uh, so, but again, if they lock in on them, you, you have to think it's going to get interesting. And we've heard that from multiple people. Um, you know, it's, he's probably trying, trying to process it all. But uh, if, if one of the main reasons you're going to Auburn, is, well, you got proximity to home. He really does love Auburn. But it's that relationship with Cadillac. And if Cadillac's not going to be there, you know, that changes things. And it, it may change things. Uh, I mean, look, if Georgia 
goes all in on the guy, it may change things anyway. I mean, it's, you know, he's got a lot to think about. The overall vision at Auburn, who's going to be in charge, who's going to be my running backs coach. Offensive line. Where's Auburn headed, offensive line, and where's Georgia headed too? Because, uh, you know, are they going to have the same offensive line? Look, look, Georgia doesn't have the offensive line they had three years ago. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's an – I don't know. I'm just saying. Sure. Uh, so he's got to look at the overall picture. But I, I think there would be some confidence at Georgia, from what I'm told. Sure. They understand. Not, I mean, not like overcome. <laughs> like, hey, we're definitely getting this guy. But a feeling that they would have a shot, a real shot to flip them. Fair enough. Jay Head, I thought you made a fantastic point in the – uh, Georgia offered Cobb, or you said, you know, worst case scenario here is, you know, Georgia gets Auburn's top two running backs. Keith mentioned they've already got Roger Robinson committed, and here they are coming after Jeremiah Cobb. Be a, uh, be, it'd be pretty painful. Absolutely. Yeah, they, Auburn's already held off Clemson once. Yes. And and now they don't, they haven't put the running backs in the league that Georgia has, but that's notable too. Give them a little credit there. Well, and what I will say is, Keith, when we held off Clemson before, it was a much different situation, or it felt much different at the beginning of the season when there was a lot of hope to be sold. I think now as the season starts to to dwindle on, that hope seems to be not as much present, I would say, amongst the fan base particularly. But it's hard for recruits right now. I mean, I'm sure Dale McGee is lighting this kid's phone up and saying, hey, just, you know, hear us out. You know what I mean? Stick with us. Look at the continuity that Georgia has. Look at the situation that's going on at Auburn. There's no guarantees there for you at Auburn. Just hang with us. You know, whether they are on all cylinders going after Cobb right now or not, I think you have to be very aware um, of Georgia's presence on the recruiting trail and what they've been able to accomplish. Now, the one thing I do think that we have going for us, and Cole's hit this from the very beginning, Cobb is an Auburn-type kid. You know what I mean? Like, he has really bought into the university, and that – if Cadillac Williams is retained, should we have a coaching change? I would feel very confident about Auburn's chances of keeping Jeremiah Cobb, but that's a big if because, you know, you just don't know right now. You have no clue who the head coach is going to be and what coaches they're going to want to have on staff. But you're right. That relationship with Carnell Williams is massive in this recruitment. The relationship that the kid has with Auburn, I think he's been to Auburn more than any other place. Okay. And as a kid, I can remember being 18 and stepping foot on Auburn's campus and what that was like for me. And to kind of start to build a relationship with the campus as well. Now, they have other things to evaluate than I did. I didn't have a football scholarship from Georgia to uh, to contemplate over. But I do think the familiarity will play a part in this. I think NIL will play a part in this, um, and relationships will play a part in this. And you did make an interesting point, Keith. I do think that Dale McGee is on the radar for several schools, whether they be G5, or Power Five uh, with Georgia Tech's opening, where Dale's in play and could know, and and that that linchpin that's been a just a hammer recruiter for them, he could be out the door. So that may give Auburn some wiggle there as far as that's concerned. So you've got, uh, <clears throat> and we can't stay in the Montgomery area. Quay Russell, James Smith, Keith, your thoughts on um, should this should this tickle fans' fancies? I mean, they're coming back. I mean, it's never, it's, I mean, <laughs> it's never a bad thing. I don't think you know. Even if Auburn plays poorly, they're going to enjoy themselves. You know, here's the thing: even if there's people are like, "Well, what if there's only seventy thousand people at the game?" That's still a lot to an eighteen-year-old kid. I got news for people: eighteen-year-old kids aren't sitting there counting the attendance. Okay, mm-hmm. sixty-five, seventy—that's still a lot to those guys. Um, but I'm sure they'd like to know who the coach is going to be moving forward. And this defensive line coach and this edge coach that they've gotten to know at Auburn, are they going to be around? So, but again, it's not a bad thing because if you get more, the more comfortable you get with a school, the more likely you'd still be willing to listen to a new group of coaches. I mean, hey, I really like the school. Let's see what these guys have to offer. Let's give them a shot. So it's under no metric is it possibly a bad thing. Even if Georgia, excuse me, if, even if Auburn gets run off the field, it, they're still going to enjoy the experience. It's, they're, they're high school kids. They love going to football games. Those guys are at a game just about every week. That tells me, sure. you know. Uh, so, but I mean, where do things stand in their recruitment? I mean, everybody thinks it's Alabama, Auburn, and I guess Florida now. But uh, I wouldn't imagine. I, it, it seems like it'd be Alabama or, or, or Auburn. It, 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 it's hard to imagine Auburn beating Alabama for two in-state five-star well, kids, especially since Bama has already not gotten Peter Woods. 
who maybe they'll flip. I don't know, but who's who's committed to Clemson? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelby Collins committed to Florida. Uh, I don't know how hard they went after Keldrick Falk, but you know, he's committed to FSU. They do have Yanzi Pierre. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. But in state wise, they didn't get all the guys. That makes you think they're going to get somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, so the two best guys they're going to let get away, they haven't historically, not since I've been covering Auburn. No. But doesn't uh, add up. Now, what we don't know is who's going to have the better NIL deal. And it's not going to be all that either, but there's other. Look, they want to win. They want to play in good bowl games. They want to be parts of a really good class, not just two good guys, two great players in an average class. They don't want that. Um, they want to be developed and they want to have competitive practices. They know that development comes uh, by not dominating everybody in practice, but by being with other special athletes. So NIL is just one piece of the puzzle, but I suspect it's going to be a significant piece. And we know Auburn, look, on in that area, we know Auburn is going to be okay, yeah. okay by, by all indications. But is that would that be enough to push Auburn over the top? We don't know. And again, we don't know who the coach is going to be. We, we don't, you know, I don't know. A new yeah. coach may come in and say, you know, uh, I'm not sure these guys are as valuable as the other staff thought. Or he might say they're more valuable. Got to figure some more NIL stuff out. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know. We don't, There's so many unknowns. But as long as they keep visiting, that means they're interested, you know. Yeah. But it is close to home. And, you know, they're they're doing their due, due diligence. I don't blame them. They're having fun. And they're uh, – but they're, they don't – we, we often say kids are having a real fun with recruitments. I think these guys are having fun going to games. I don't think they're playing with schools or anything like that. They don't strike me as those kinds of kids. They're, they're in, having a good time going to schools. They love football. Uh, they're getting to go with their friends from Montgomery and Madhouse training, and they're having a blast. And uh, But I don't feel like they're taking advantage of schools' generosity or anything like that. I think they, think they have genuine interest in these places they're going to see. Pretty and, cool kids, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you guys get the feel that they're legitimately considering? I mean, they've been to several places, but it feels like they're legitimately considering three places, and that's Alabama, Florida, Auburn. That's that's the feel that I get. Um, as well, of, Florida having replaced Georgia now, right? Yeah, I I think so. I think Florida may have jumped over Georgia personally. Just a gut feeling. I don't have intel on that, other than me talking to them and them telling me Florida, hey, it's surging up here. Well, and Billy Napier's got a lot to sell, similar to Auburn in the playing time aspect of things. He's, you know what I mean, resetting an entire program. It's a rebuild down there. And they're selling the NFL development side of things coming from that Alabama tree that he's been on and everything else and what they're starting at Florida. And you can get on the field for us a lot faster with the same type of development program that they have at Alabama. So, And Georgia's so loaded at the edge in the defensive tackle position. I mean, they just have an embarrassment of riches. And it's easy for a school like Florida to point at them and say, hey, look, man, you may get on the field for them as a freshman. You will definitely get on the field for us as a freshman. And Auburn's able to have the same pitch. And I think that's probably what's kept us around to a degree. And, and I've heard that – and you know, heard isn't always fact, but we've heard that uh, those three schools uh, have recruited both of those kids harder than maybe Georgia has. Okay. Not to say Georgia's not, but they've – you know, some schools recruit you harder than others. Yeah. Different needs, yeah. right? I agree. Uh, go ahead, Cole. I agree, Keith. Though I, I think uh, you know they those are guys that if it's the weekend they want to be at a football game, and um, if they don't have something scheduled like an official visit or something, all they got to do is ride up to Auburn. So, and you know, Quay Rusal's got a lot of family that was Auburn fans. And I'm not going to say he's an Auburn fan, but mm-hmm. he definitely has familiar familiarity, and he wants to go, you know, see what's going on. Yeah, they definitely have genuine interest. It's all going to come down to what is the what's the coaching situation at Auburn. And yeah. you know, a month ago, I remember saying, "Hey, man, holler back at the end of October. I think we'll know a lot more." Well, it's the end of October, and we don't know shit more. <laughs> it looks it looks like. I'm, I'm stepping back and looking. It looks like Auburn is looking to get the AD in place before they're making any moves on a coaching, potential coaching change. Jay Head, what's the latest with the AD search? What the hell's going on? Okay. So let's – all right, I hate this phrase, but there's a lot to unpack here. So let's walk it back about two weeks, okay? So around the 14th or 16th of October or so, 
we had four known candidates that all had interviews with our president over Zoom, and they were going to progress and move into in-person interviews. And I believe that that's transpired. So the end of those candidates that we're talking about right now were John Hartwell, Rich McGlynn, Rick George, and David Benedict. And then out of the blue, as we had talked about that we thought there might be one of these, Eddie Nunez kind of popped in there. And now it's moved to the point where I feel you have three candidates. Um, you may have a fourth that's in there. You know, I can't confirm this mystery candidate. I've heard that rumor from several people, but I think the three people that you need to watch as of today are Eddie Nunez, John Hartwell, and Rich McGlynn, the interim AD. Okay. I do believe that in-person interviews are ongoing. Um, I can't tell you exactly what day those are happening and how all that's transpiring, but I feel as though we're going to have a decision next week. Now, let me say, you know, there was some mixed thought as to, did you want the interim to part ways with Coach Harson and then clear the path for the new AD? I think the president came to the resolution of, I want my AD in place to make a decision or an assessment of Coach Harson and this staff. He's going to give him a couple of weeks to make that assessment. Once he does that, they're going to make a decision as to whether or not he would be retained, which I think is less than 5% likely at this point and or move in a different direction. And that would occur at the eve of or after the Iron Bowl has occurred. You may even get an announcement like Will Muschamp a few years ago at Keysaw in moderate Florida, where the week going in, the coach knows what the situation is. They make an announcement and there's an official parting of ways the day afterwards. So I think that's how the situation is going to play out. And I will say this, I, I know that the fan base is completely and utterly just frustrated right now. Broken. Every little thing that happens within the program, whether it's a player that's transferring that's down the depth chart or what have you, people are just incensed and they're looking for anything to, you know, I mean, to throw stones right now. I would say that you have a president that's very dedicated to doing this the right way. And they're trying to eliminate by firing a coach and having various boosters making cold calls to other coaches and everything else. They want a consensus build with an athletic director in place to drive this search. Okay. They don't want various people talking to various candidates. They want one center person. Now, they're going to collectively share ideas, but they want the focal point to be and the official contact to be through one person. And so that is why it is so important to have an AD in place. And I think we'll have that next week and things will start to kind of finally progress. But all, you know, I mean, everything that I know to this point is they are trying to do this right. They're trying not to have a jet gate situation. They are trying to get away from some of the buffoonery that we have had in the past with some of, say, let's our interested parties, you know what I mean, that have done things that, you know, you wish wouldn't happen in an official search type situation or an assessment of a head coach. Whew. Lots, lots going on in the next month. <clears throat> mm. That would, the, the timeline kind of lines up there. Right. The timeline kind of, and I would, I would, uh, want to emphasize that all these transfers they cannot officially enter the transfer portal until what december the 5th fifth yes so and like you said less less than five percent chance brian harson's the coach at that point i think we all agree on that i think everybody probably brian harson would agree on that too uh so these guys can't enter the transfer portal until December the fifth. So right. we we expect there to be some word before then on whether or not Brian Harson will be the coach, which could ultimately change every one of these decisions. Sure. And regardless of who they bring in, you're going to have roster turnover. Sure. You're going to have guys that are either bought into the previous staff or just looking for new opportunities or guys are assessed as not necessarily having the same value on this team. So you're gonna have attrition. Um, some of that's needed and healthy so that guys can bring in their own guys. Some of that is obviously just a byproduct of the system and the world we live in today in the one-time transfer world. I mean, it's mm. it it has made free agency. They finally put windows on it, which is fantastic, but it's still pretty much unlimited free agency, which is a really rough thing when you're trying to construct and build a roster. Now, one thing I will say, I know – one other thing is, is that – the fan base wants to see a head coach, like somebody named, anybody named, so we have a guy in place for recruiting from day one. I do think decision makers at Auburn are comfortable in this, that we are a helmet school and we are going to reset the market when, we, when and if we have an opening. So 
we're not overly worried with the other schools that are out there right now. I mean, who are we worried about? Nebraska? We've got different needs than Nebraska has, different boosters, um, different, you know, geography and, and, and regional recruiting footprint. We're not worried about Georgia Tech, okay? We can outpay any coach that Georgia Tech may or may not be interested in. So Auburn right now, all the jobs that are going to come open, unless Michigan opens because Jim Harbaugh takes an NFL job and that's floating out there, you know what I mean? And I don't think it will. I don't think it won't float out there until Harbaugh says 100% he's going to come back to Michigan. But Auburn is the one job that's potentially coming open that completely resets the market. You had three of those last year in LSU, USC, and Miami. Auburn's the only one that's a helmet school that's coming open this year. So just relax, guys. Get an AD in place. Let's do this the right way and figure out who everybody can buy into um, because getting that coach right is the most important thing. Yes, we need to salvage a recruiting class, but making sure that you've got the right guy that everybody can buy into and give time to this time is equally important, if not more important. I thought there was some an, an interesting tweet this morning from uh, On3 CEO Shannon Terry. We're talking about rebuilding this roster as quickly as possible. Thank goodness for the transfer portal these days for schools like Auburn. Um, but his uh, Shannon's tweet was, quote, from one of the most connected people in college sports, quote, portal NIL will dominate December like an old school February signing day. Will be the wildest December ever because of tra uh, portal transfers. They've all heard about what these freshmen are getting paid. And Auburn appears to have NIL in order. Brett White, side breath, Burkett, done a fantastic job from all we've heard. Mm -hmm. Having Auburn ready to capitalize on one of the most uh, wildest Decembers ever. I mean, you're going to have players hitting that portal. Auburn's going to have to – I'm going to have to sign a lot of guys from that portal to be competitive next year because that roster next year looks even worse than it does this year. And Keith says, Keith says, let me get in here real quick. Yeah, that also means when you hire somebody, they've got to do a complete roster evaluation mm -hmm. as quickly as possible. I mean, I Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Still going to be a lot of work ahead. Mm. Ain't going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. And Auburn's also not only going to need starters. Are they uh, Even if they find 10 starters in the portal, what's the depth situation going to be next year if a lot of these guys transfer out? So, I mean. I don't think I think Auburn's still in a precarious position. Uh, um, I think the goal would be to get a little more competitive next year, uh, and then you know hopefully year two and three you're you're moving really moving in the right direction. Signs, positive signs, strong recruiting classes, on-field performances, stuff like that. But mm -hmm. again, if you're if you hire a guy, let's say December fifth, how long yes. does it take to go over your roster? I'd bet that they've gone over the roster before they even get there, Keith. I think anybody that's interested in that job is probably doing a roster. I would hope so. Yeah. I don't believe that happened last time. Oh, well, <laughs> I think a lot of things didn't happen last time, Keith. Well, I'm not I'm not knocking the, the coach. I'm saying that they a guy emerged as a candidate, and the next day he was a coach. <laughs> and it was a holiday season. Now, what you do have is now we don't know whether a guy like Drew Fabianich is going to be retained. But yes. we know that when Drew Fabianich interviewed for the Auburn job, he was told to evaluate the entire roster and let the head coach know what he thought of everybody. So he still has those notes. So there you go. There's a guy that could have an immense value to a new coach, even in the interim. Yes. Uh, the question would be, does the new coach even know who he is? Does he know him enough to trust him? Uh, is there going to be some blind faith? Is he going to have his own person working with Drew? To use to utilize Drew's notes and go from there, um, but uh, you know that that window will open and close fast with yeah. those four guys. Yeah, I agree. In the future, when you have a coach in place, you hope to know that these guys are entering the portal before they enter the portal. Yeah, not the moment they enter the portal. Well, one program at Auburn that we don't have to worry about any of that is basketball. No. 
Bruce Pearl's got this program. I, I think Jay Phillips, our basketball correspondent, posted a, a week or two ago about Auburn players in the NBA, and there was a freaking long list, man. You could make a starting five NBA team with Auburn players. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm, Absolutely. And they got another guy coming in this weekend, five-star center, Bay Fall, coming in, coming back for a second official visit. We mentioned, I think I mentioned him earlier in the show, but uh, it was presumed Arkansas was the heavy favorite, and I and I I truly believe that. But Auburn has stayed in the mix with him, Wes Flanagan, Bruce Pearl. He loves the Jabari Smith, uh, what he did the the track at Auburn. Uh, Eric Musselman, Arkansas has not had the bigs. The success, I think Jalen Williams, who chose Arkansas over Auburn, ironically, uh, it was his first real big, comparably to uh, to Bay Fall. You've got to like Auburn's chances simply because the kid is coming back this weekend. Uh, early signing day is November 9th, so we're about you know a week and a half away. It's Wednesday week is when the early signing period is in basketball. Bay Fall will – be signing then, so I expect him. He's already on campus. He, he arrived yesterday evening, Thursday evening. We'll stay until uh, Saturday after the football game. And then we'll have a decision shortly thereafter. And he's coming back for a reason. He's coming back for a reason, and you got to think that's a good sign for Auburn. Uh, I tell you what, another guy coming down for an unofficial visit. I'm going to have a hoop scoops up a little bit uh, after we finish recording. Uh, Ty Price who nobody really – he's not he's a 2025 kid. He's from Kentucky. He's from Butler County, Kentucky. He's coming down for an unofficial visit. I think he's going to arrive today. He's going to have an overnight trip. Auburn certainly want to uh, put eyes on him today, potentially could offer. This kid can shoot the lights out, man. I went and looked on his Twitter. That dude can shoot. I mean, he is – he's got range, and he's got some skills. Point guard. Um, so, I'll be curious to see what he looks like, see if Auburn offers, see if Auburn gets in the early mix for him. Uh, this weekend, Bayfall, Ty Price coming down, and then of course, I'm sure we'll have some other football f- visitors show up. You know, will will uh, Stanton come down? Will mm-hmm. <coughs> will the other Langston Hughes kids come over with Terrence Love? Will anybody from the Atlanta area come? It's just difficult to get these guys. But uh, an 11 o'clock kickoff is tougher recruiting, but you can still get guys within that two to three hour drive window. Yes. And as I told somebody, I said, shit, man, if you needed to, you, you you could build a roster of 85 with guys within a two- or three-hour drive of Auburn. Absolutely. I, I mean, I mean – Pat, I did pretty much throw in South Florida, what, cherry pick a couple here and there? Yeah, I mean, and I don't think he started making his way down to South Florida till later in his tenure. I mean, I think the most yeah. – his early 80s Auburn teams were Alabama – Georgia kids uh, mixed in with the Panhandle, Panhandle. Florida and a handful from the SIL. You know what I mean? Like that was that was where he plucked from. And then once Miami started to make their rise, you know, and you realize the talent you can get down there from the skill positions, I think Pat decided, okay, I need to make my way down to South Florida. But – and on the basketball tip, a lot of buzz about Ace Bailey. Uh, Ace Bailey, yes. Five-star power forward. 2024, yes. God, he's a good-looking kid, man. Yeah, dude. I mean, he's he's a legitimate stretch forward. Fits that mold that Bruce has had, whether it be Chimu Kiki, Jabari Smith, guys that have the ability to play, you know, outside and inside. Um, really versatile prospect. Really love where we sit with him right now. Sure. You, know, you know what I mean? He, it, I know that Justin Hokinson has put in a prediction for him. As of today, I would probably say I don't blame him for doing that, given the, the confidence coming from the team. Um, and Bayfall, like you talked about, I mean, he is a rim-running five-man that is a huge defensive presence. You potentially lose Janai Broom after this season to the NBA. Well, guess what? You got Dylan Cardwell right after him with Bayfall coming in. That's another combination that just goes in line with a series of stretch a series of five guys uh, Walker Kessler and several others that have been just rim protectors that have completely changed Auburn's defense. Yeah, I, I would. I, I think you're not jumping out on going out on a limb by saying I, I would put all, both of those guys in Auburn's class projected class right now. 2023 for Bayfall, 2024 for Ace Bailey, and Cole. You remember those guys we saw on the field? What game was that? LSU, I believe. 
I mean, there was like three seven footers. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jay had the name escapes me. What's that big kid? The big center. Uh, God, Peyton what's... Marshall. Peyton Marshall. Yes. yes. Well, I, I mean, I wrote him down as an offensive center. So. I've already got a pick in him. I've already got a pick in for him to Auburn. I, uh, Peyton Marshall. Yeah, that's the big kid from uh, from uh, Mary. Uh, which school is he from? Uh, uh, Walt Wheeler. McEachern. Oh, he is. Is he from McEachern as is well? Hold on. He's from McEachern for sure. Hold on, let's check here. Peyton Marshall, recruiting profile. He's from one of those schools in Atlanta. Kell, I'm sorry, Marietta Kell. Kell, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jonathan yeah. Dwyer. Yeah, but I was I was at IMG doing some football stuff in Bradenton, and there were some basketball coaches there that day. And I happened to talk to one, and the guy said, yeah, I was going to go to Marietta to see this guy, but I was told to not waste my time. He's going to Auburn. <laughs> so I'm not going to say what school he's from, uh, but it was funny. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that 2024 class has got potential to be the best in Auburn history. Auburn's got the numbers there. They've in on these guys. I mean, you, you get Ace Bailey, you get Peyton Marshall just to start your class in 2024. Great day in the morning, son. And great day in the morning does not mean a commitment tomorrow. Peyton <laughs> <laughs> was 7 foot 310 pounds. Yeah. Ooh. I, I went up to Peyton. Think about who the biggest dudes in the SEC were historic, over the last 25 years that – or 30 years, the Giants. I mean, Shaq was a big guy. Uh, but Shaq was pretty lean. At, Shaq was pretty lean in college. The guy that was yeah. bigger than Shaq was his teammate, Stanley Roberts. Yes. Uh, oh, Stanley. He, had, he probably, you know, Shaq was like 250, 260. I mean, to see Shaq now and at the end of his NBA career, he's kind of, he was a little heavier, not fat, but heavier. For me, when he was like 19, that dude was running the floor. He was, <laughs> he could do it all. Yeah, uh, Dale Brown is a beast. That weight, probably. LSU had uh, Hot Plate Williams. Yeah, Sharif Abdul. No, I'm thinking of guys that were wide. Chris. Well, I was thinking Chris, of Chris Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, before yeah. he renamed himself. Uh, what so was he? That? Oh, Barkley was heavy. Yeah. yeah. What's the kid? At, the kid at UF, uh, Dimitri Hill, may have been the the chunkiest of them all. Glenn Davis was. Oh, up. baby, big baby Glenn Davis. Yeah. 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 Who was Baby Shaq? That was Glenn Davis. Glenn Davis. Davis. It's always fun watching those guys that are a little bit bigger than everybody else. I don't mean just taller, but a little wider, too. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. I love Those are my favorite. (laughs) Something I – I wonder why, Cole. Cole likes them curves. Hey, I played I played one year of basketball. I played power forward at five seven, baby. Oh, Ooh, I right. hear you. feed him, feed the bigs. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, one thing I do want to note on Bay Falls, he is from Senegal. He's an international guy, just like Jeffrey Emba. He is not nil eligible. There are some gray areas in this new world we live in when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. So, technically, black and white. He is not NIL eligible. He is not here on a working visa. He is not allowed to make money. However, there are some gray areas with these kids. They can, you know, Auburn plays in Mexico. Could he take advantage of being over there? Now, does he have a working visa in Mexico? That's something I don't know. I do know that he could go back home over Christmas break and have signings over there or or, or, or jobs over there. Um, but there's a lot going on here. It's not black and white. It's not cut and dry with this kid. It's not like, you know, Auburn's got a seven-figure deal with him because he's not eligible. There's, they're going to have to find some gray area in order to make, allow him to take advantage of the name, image, and likeness. So that's something to keep an eye on. Keep an eye on or I, I don't know if it's worth keeping an eye on only because it's so complex and it's so new that it's – I mean, I've had two different conversations over the past 12 hours trying to understand if NIL is going to be a big deal to him. And and bottom line is no, it's not. But there are ways that they can that, – that, that collectives can find ways to get these international kids involved in NIL. So – uh, it's, it's, it's worth noting, and I don't fully understand it. Like I said, I'm still having trouble articulating it, my knowledge of it, to you. But uh, that, what I do know is that he is not NIL eligible. There are some opportunities, however, some loopholes. I don't know if it's a loophole, but some gray areas that, that, that schools, I'm sure Arkansas and Auburn both are looking into. Uh, but I don't think Bayfall is coming down here looking for a uh, number. 
Uh, I think he's coming down here looking for an opportunity to play, um, an opportunity to develop under Bruce Pearl, who has a track record of developing bigs. Just look at the NBA. Just look at the past three, four years. And uh, uh, so with all that said, I think Jay Head's right. Um, hard for me to think Bay Falls coming down here to choose Arkansas. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't have gone on that uh, tangent about his skill set if I didn't feel comfortable thinking that he's coming here to give our coaches the green light to say, I'm coming to Auburn. Yep. And, and can I can I ask something? You guys cover hoops more than I do, but sometimes there are schools in football that feel very good about guys, and when they feel good about a guy, they always get that guy. Mm-hmm. And there are other programs that when they feel really good about a guy, they're only right about 60% of the time. Yeah, Auburn privately in basketball has felt good about a guy. Have they ever not gotten that guy? Has it has been roller coaster of confidence, like with Nick Smith, uh, with Jalen Green, with with Scoot Henderson, with uh, uh, there was uh, uh, and with Scoot and with Jalen, it was the you know I mean obviously the G League that got involved late. Yeah, it, it was it was if if he if he stays if he goes to college, we feel good. Yeah. Yeah, both of those, and I, I believe that to be true. And, in fact, Jalen Green said, you know, a year or so ago in an article, I was going to Auburn. Regardless of what anybody at Memphis was saying at the time, he said I was coming to Auburn. So I like, as far as like, and I think he's saying pegging recruitments and investing our time within certain prospects and feeling good about a prospect. I think Bruce's track record is pretty good. Or When it's coming down to Auburn and one other school or two other schools. Yeah. If they feel confident, aren't they usually getting that guy? Absolutely. Yeah. You haven't woken up one day and say, "My God, we're getting this guy," and then six hours later, what the hell just happened? Yeah, we haven't had a Tennessee situation with like Jay Hardy where they felt real comfortable that they were getting him up until like thirty minutes before signature time, and Jay Jay Hardy ends up committing to Auburn. And I think both you and Jay Lee covered that recruitment in its entirety. Did you see um, uh, Jabari almost whooped Jalen Green's ass because he didn't come to Auburn? Mm, no, I didn't. Yeah, it was uh, uh, I think it was Jalen Green. Pretty sure it was. It was during the game, during the huddle, like timeout. They're on the same team, right? Uh, both on Houston, yeah. Yeah. There was a little – Jabari got up and was like, calm down, big dog. <laughs> well, I went to Auburn and you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Good stuff. We'll have uh, Bayfall coverage Saturday after he leaves. We'll have Bayfall coverage uh, after up until his announcement. He is here with his host family from Colorado. Um, we'll definitely have unofficial visitors, official visitor updates all throughout the weekend. Uh, am I forgetting anything, any newsworthy this week? We talked Jeremiah Cobb. Potential coaching change, AD search, basketball, which, uh, as Justin said yesterday, they're going to scrimmage, I believe, next Wednesday? Yes. Somebody. Um, I can't remember exactly. I know they already scrimmaged UAB in a private – It's like Middle Tennessee State or somebody. Yeah. I think it's a very good mid-major program, to the best of my memory, but I can't remember exactly who that is. And then they'll be on the court at the the clam facing – George Mason, I think. You know what's funny? I just sat there and went over what we've talked about. Mm-hmm. We didn't even talk about the football game. <laughs> Auburn does play a football game tomorrow. Yeah, I think you guys hammered that pretty well yesterday <laughs> in the modcast. So I was a little brand new. Uh, well, we do want to get your pick, Jay Head. I've got you down here. Uh, I've got 34-27. Justin has 34-21. Keith has 33-23. Zach in the back has 30-23. Cole has 42-28. Auburn, I believe Zach is still a minus three and a half. Uh, is it minus four? No, it might have. Yesterday, I mean, there's no telling where it went. I think it started at like – did it start – started at five. It was down to three and a half. Did it jump back up? Uh, I don't know. Arkansas minus three and a half, according to Zach in the back. Yep. Um, let's go 30. I think it's going to be high scoring, very similar to Ole Miss. I think both defenses are susceptible, you know I mean, to the run. Uh, neither one right now. Arkansas's defense is really beat up. Auburn has not fit the run extremely well this year. We catch more than we actually downhill attack. 
and that's going to hurt us when you start playing the running backs that Arkansas has got. They're just going to come in waves against this team. I think in the second half, the dam's going to break. So I'm going to go 38-31 Arkansas in a high-scoring game because I think this is another – Arkansas plays a lot of three-man front. They play a lot of five defensive back set. Um, I think this probably bodes well for Auburn as far as – I don't see really any disruptors or difference makers in Arkansas's front seven. Like I think most of their difference makers are in the back end. So I think this sets up well for us and for another big game for Tank Bigsby. But I don't know that we've got enough bullets in the chamber to, you know, I mean, to get the W. Unfortunately, I think we're going to fall a little bit short. We uh, we all went over um, the game on the modcast, man. If y'all haven't checked it out, please do so. It's over on Auburn Live's YouTube page, Auburn Live on YouTube. Please like and subscribe, man. We're we're on the brink of hitting that uh, three thousand. Yes, get there, guys. Let's do it. Let's go. I'm sick of the bull crap. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> Any uh, how about you this week? Yeah, okay. I it's it's gonna be the same one for me, but I wanted to I wanted to give his company, True South. True South. That's the hat. That's, That's your shameless plug. Trucker, yeah, shameless plug. Trucker style. Um, he's got a couple items just started out. That's a that's our own uh, at the corner. Au. Uh, I think it's just Moon Weagle, actually. Moon oh Weagle. yeah. Um, he sent me this hat, and uh, I love it. I think it's awesome, and I love their logo. They got the logo on the shirts, and he's just starting out. He's gonna have some more stuff coming. Facebook page, True South, Instagram, True South. So I wanted to give him that shout out because he is a good poster for us, and mm-hmm. uh, Definitely going to give him the how about you this week. Is he uh, in competition with Kusa uh, Cotton? Eventually, yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. Oh, got well, the that, outdoorsy the outdoorsy type uh, style of of shirts, long sleeve cotton shirts and things of that nature, um, and the hats. So he's got more stuff coming, but he just fired it up, man. So Kusa Cotton, True South. I'm going to go with whoever sends me a hat first. There, there you go. go. There you go. Eat more deer. <laughs> Eat more deer. <laughs> All right, Moon Weagle. Uh, J-Head. Yeah, I, I'm going to throw one out here. A, a uh, How about you to a controversial character on the board in TaylorMade 2. Okay. Mm. Likes to troll a little bit, but he has supported Bo Nix since his transfer. I like seeing that he stayed adamant with his support for Bo. Um, he's having, obviously, a fantastic season up in Oregon. So how about you to TaylorMade, too, for supporting a, uh, an Auburn graduate um, and being respectful of his support for Bo. Um, he really hasn't taken a lot of shots at other people. I don't think he necessarily has to at this point. But uh, how about you there? All right. Keith, you, uh, you got any how about you or shameless plugs? <laughs> I don't have either this week. But, you know, here's the thing. We, we have people on our board who always say that they're not into participation trophies. The downfall of society. So rather than placate that, rather than hand out a participation trophy like you guys, uh, <laughs> oh, gee, that's not where I saw this conversation going. No, I'm just, I, I'm just making this sh- this this up as I go. Uh, so, uh, no, but uh, I really don't have anybody this week. As always, though, the plug I guess would be the Rick Smith performance <laughs> golf center. Oh, down Which, by the way, I'm not a fan of live golf at all. I, I think it's bad for golf. It's splintering the sport. But uh, Doral is hosting the, the Live Tournament this week, and my guys work at the golf center there, uh, same complex. And uh, so I hope they have a successful week because they're good people. They really take care of your golf swing. They really put some thought and effort into it. So Rick Smith, performance golf. So, so is, is Live like the American League and National League? I mean, are you a fan of the DH or what? No, I just don't – I don't – you know, the whole – okay, there's a few things. I don't care whether guys take – Oh, the shit, money. here we go. <laughs> Keith on golf, baby. I don't care whether guys take the money or not. That's their prerogative. What I didn't like was the, that they would – that most of the guys said that the schedule was too demanding for them and they wanted to spend more time with their families. Okay. So the minute they, they get into the new league, they're petitioning to still play tournaments in the old Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what about that schedule? Well, then they say, well, it's about the official world golf rankings. I need rankings points to be able to play in the majors. Well, you knew what you were getting into when you signed up for it. Too bad. Uh, so that was, that's my thing with it. And then also if you're, if you're taking the best players and now instead of being in one major league, they're in two leagues, 
Um, I think it hurts the the product, uh, so to speak, with the main one. But um, you know, but at the end of the day, who cares? You watch so, what you want to watch. You don't watch the other one, or you watch both, or you watch neither. So, so, so these guys made a decision, and they must suffer the consequences well, for that decision. They're only suffering the consequences. They can't currently qualify for world ranking points. <laughs> they still make money. <laughs> Interesting concept. You make a decision. You, you you know the consequences, yeah, and then you complain about that. Interesting. And somehow the whole league is. It became this: whoever you voted for, Republican or Democrat, then all of a sudden that that determined what allegiance you had to which league. And I just I didn't care about that part of it. It was almost like a what side are you on the coach or the player? We're splintered with everything. It, it, you know what? If we're splintered, if we're bringing politics into golf. Keith just lobbing them up here for me. If, if we're bringing politics into golf, does that mean we literally will bring it into anything anymore these days? It seems like it. So. Oh, yeah. Liberally, uh, yes. Yeah. But anyway, uh, they're both. I'm sure they're both quality leagues. I just I grew up watching one league. That's the one I like watching. That's uh, uh, Well, you know, that, that, it, it, it's, 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 your, it's your views. Um, some people think, you know, the uh, authoritative figure – has to say so. Some people think the victim. Um, so interesting thing to say. It's so deep. Mm. Probably personal experience shapes most of those views. Would be my guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, whatever. Hey, I, I've got some. We, we, we've had some interesting banter on the corner mm. past few days. Yeah. Uh, and, and we also had, uh, and this goes back. I got, I got several high values always, but. Uh, Taylor May too, and uh, and Moon, Moon Weagle. Good, good for you guys. Good, good. Uh, I've got. Uh, how about you to William Cutting? I've got you. Uh, how about you to Ro- Junior Rosebud, who had the Charlie Murphy reference <laughs> about about Jay Z Tate. Now Jay Z Tate's my buddy. I love him. But the, I, somehow that was brought up last week, and Junior Rosebud said, <laughs> "Where did you get that haircut? Because I know it wasn't the men's department." <laughs> And I told him, I said, listen, J.G. Tate would, would respect that comment because we're both big uh, Charlie Murphy fans, R.I.P., <laughs> big dog. Uh, how about you to AU8908 who said, Keith Niebuhr is a nine on looks alone. Mm. And uh, Cole, eight and a half. Eight and a half, Cole. Hey, I don't even think my wife would give me eight and a half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Plainsman came back and said, Jay Lee was an eight and Keith Niebuhr was a five. So, you know. <laughs> Fighting words. Oh, uh, I think my mirror would agree with them. <laughs> How about you, to Jason H, new new subscriber? Appreciate him. How about you, to Crawdad Man? Fantastic poster. How about you, to Always Peacock, Thomas eighteen, Maxwell WDE times two. Man, he had a couple of good posts that I saw and appreciated. How about you, to Tiger Brad eighty three? How about you, to Law Tiger? How about you, to Hegarm? H e g a r m p. How about you to M r j o six zero six? I should say. And in the midst of all of that, uh, Landon King, coach or player, who do you side with? Man, I thought he put it perfectly. I wish I had saved it, but it was it was he, he wrapped up. He basically had a, had a statement that everybody, whether coach or player side you're on. Could agree with, and I thought he did a fantastic job with that. He's a very intel- intelligent poster. I, I really like him as a guy, Mister J Zero Six. Y'all look him up, follow him on the on the corner because he's got some uh, insightful posts. Appreciate him, uh, guys. I think that's going to wrap it up there, man. Uh, great show as always. Appreciate everybody's insight. Again, if you're not a member of Auburn Live on three, please go check us out. We've got. Uh, We've got a lot of stuff going on, man. We're going to be there to cover it all for you. <clears throat> also, if you're not a member, uh, subscriber to Auburn Live on YouTube, please do so now. Looking for that 3K on the bottom of that. Uh, hit that like and subscribe button. Hit those notifications, man. You get the not- notified every time we put up new content. And, man, we crank out daily content on the YouTube page. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. We, we, we love interacting. And uh, we'll be back Sunday night for the call-in show. I think everybody here will be here. For the yes. call-in show, 6.30 p.m. Central Time on our YouTube page. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Auburn, of course, plays host to Arkansas Saturday morning at 11 a.m. We'll have all the coverage from that. Uh, I think that's it, guys. Thanks again for listening. Go check us out. For Keith, for Cole, for Jay head for Zach in the back, I'm Jeffrey Lee, man. Y'all stay out of the left lane. See ya.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.